Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I'm so pleased to have you with us here on the program, as always, to talk about the various subjects that we do from our guests who come from us from all parts of the world and all different uh, modalities for making this a better place for everyone. We're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices, and we have some new choices, but they're all in the same direction, all along the same lines. We're going to be talking uh, with our very special guest all the way from Toronto, Canada, Georgina Cannon. She's written a book, and she's got an extensive amount of of, uh, experience in this area. The latest work that she has is Your Guide to Self-Discovery, Uh, There are 20 ways to find the true you. And uh, first of all, thank you so much for joining us here on the program, Georgina. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's a delight. I'm very excited because as I was reading through some of the materials, some of the modalities that you utilize, and I know all of them weren't listed, but nonetheless, um, I've heard of, uh, for example, the um, uh, neurolinguistic programming I know that you also deal with uh, uh, some work that uh, Dr. Um, I can't remember his first name off the top of my head. Dr. Newton, LBL, Life Between Lives Hypnosis, which I've been through. I trained under him. Uh, oh, you did? I took his last training in England. It was a small little inn in, in a village in England. I was there and I got him to sign my book, my workbook. Yes, I trained under him. Oh, I've read three of his uh, his uh, books on the studies, you know, the, the the compilation, if you will. And I found it so fascinating. And then I found a practitioner here in Santa Barbara and I went through it. And I just I got to tell you, there are times uh, based upon what I've shared with you already prior to this interview where I'd love to go back. I'd love to go back to that time. It was a simpler time. It certainly had no technology in it like we have today. But um I kind of miss that uh, that uh, pioneer uh, place where I had a farm and I had a cabin up in the up in the mountains and so forth, uh, and it was very nice. I, I would love to go back. But you've you use so many different modalities. Um, first of all, <clears throat> let's talk about uh, what you mean by the true self or the uh, true you. The true you. I believe that we believe who we are by what our parents have told us about us and what our school teachers have told us about us and what society has told us about it. And we can, we can go through life thinking that's what we are, but I believe that there's more to us than what other people tell us we are. And it dawned on me that since time began, people have been, discovering or wanting to discover more about themselves, either by casting stones or reading cards or in the ancient days, looking at smoke signals. Um, you know, even the Mayans, they, they cast stones. Uh, Aboriginals uh, go into trance to find out more about themselves and each other. We just want more. And I wondered how to do that. And then I realized there are experts. <laughs> there are experts who know this stuff. Uh, I know certain things. I've been trained in certain modalities, but there are experts around the world who know so much more than I do. And I thought I'd investigate that and put it all together. So there's like a uh, a map, if you like, it's, or an archaeological dig. I like to equate it to an archaeological dig where mm. layer upon layer, 
of yourself you uncover through all these modalities. And what's interesting too is when when I see this list of modalities, <clears throat> it really uh, spans the uh, the gamut, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, numerology, astrology, uh, along with, as I mentioned before, the the conversations and the the issues around karma, um, dreams. Is, a dream. Oh, and and that to me, that's a fascinating one in and of itself. Let me ask you, uh, when you talk about dreams, and I've had uh, uh, dream interpreters here on the program, one in particular, who never put words in the dreamer's mouth. In no. other words, it wasn't here. Let me tell you what those symbols in your dreams mean. They and and this was like with my the 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 gentleman who is not only an LBL practitioner but also in other areas as well that I've seen him on. He never puts words in my mouth. He asks me, "What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What do you taste? What do you smell?" Never, never putting any leading uh, information in there. That's right. I would take it that that that's really you, uh, the dreamer, are the interpreter and sometimes you do need a little help uh to to uh to work through that right i so agree with you one of the it's the the main tenet of what i teach when i teach hypnosis because as you know i teach it at the university i always tell my students the client always has the answer and if they say i don't know you just say what if you did know and just be quiet and they'll come up with something and their light will go on in their eyes and they'll say, oh, now I get it. Okay, now I understand. Okay, they always know. Mm. To me, it's it's fascinating to, to look at dreams. And I've shared on this program a couple of dreams that I have had and, and how they were almost portents of the future uh, at the time I had the dream. Sure. Uh, at, and, and I'm, I'm just thinking, yeah, well, I fought real long and hard, uh, with the, the, uh, Arizona department of motor vehicles to try to get a driver's license. I was born legally blind and I was bicycling everywhere thinking, look, I, I can see well enough to get around on a bicycle. I'd love to at least get a moped. I couldn't even do that. Cause I didn't, I wasn't aware of certain other elements, but nonetheless, uh, and I had a dream where I was driving well, and go. the next thing I know. I'm driving. So sometimes they, they're not necessarily predictive, right? It, it, it really depends upon where you're at in your life at that time. What you if- are, and, and how you interpret that, because we can all see the same movie, but come out of it with a different interpretation of what we've seen. But I've got a question for you. Did you ever go back to find out why you were born legally blind? What is the purpose of that in your life? in this lifetime. Well, you know, that's an interesting question. And here's the reason why when working for a Christian radio station, and I was there 15 years, I, um, I had some people come up to me and say, they wanted to lay hands on me. They wanted to, uh, uh, heal my eyes. And I said, I appreciate it, but no, Mm -hmm. I said, my purpose in this life is not to have perfect 2020 vision. My purpose in life is to serve, serve you and the program you're producing and other people and so on and so forth. And if God, uh, who knows where I am, by the way, 
wants to do that, hey, I'm here. Uh, and if he wants to call me collect, I'll accept the charges. But uh, I've done real well. And at that time, it, I was in my 20s and 30s. I've done really well uh, up to this point, getting along and doing just fine and adapting and adjusting. Again, I can't, you know, and they, I couldn't stop them from praying for me. But uh, I, and and I've looked back at that and I've thought, gee, I wonder why I. And I really felt strongly about it at that time, and I still do to this day. That that sometimes we get caught in the the minor things that that people, other people, make judgments on, and and say you want. That, that you need to have this done or that done or the other done. When in fact, that isn't part of, let's, shall we say, your life's purpose. Does that seem to be also an issue too, in terms of uh, people coming to you and they, they, they do feel like they're lost. They feel like maybe they're stuck. They feel like they're adrift and they'd really like to get on with life. Yeah. Yeah. I get a lot of people who come uh, that are stuck, both male and female. Um, one of the people that worked with me in the clinic, I trained her as a hypnotist and she was a hip hypnotist for birthing. And she did hypnosis for birthing. Mm -hmm. um, she, she came to me one day and said, would you regress me back to find out? I want to know why my soul gave me this lifetime and I was born deaf. It doesn't interfere with what I do. And no, people don't even know she's deaf, right? doesn't interfere with what I do. I just want to know what my sole purpose is. What is the reason? So we took her back and she became literally a star seed to, and she was deciding to incarnate into this lifetime. And she was going to incarnate in this lifetime as a, a midwife so that she could help women bring other souls into this life. But she needed to learn to communicate because in other lifetimes she hadn't communicated very well. She needed to learn to communicate with all of her senses, not just sharp words or whatever. Mm -hmm. And once she understood that, it opened up her whole world. I mean, she was already successful. I, I'm not talking about business success. I'm talking about her world that she connected. And it made sense. She went, ah, got it. Okay, now I get it. it makes sense. And she's... Brilliant. She's wonderful. And mm. uh, the people that come to me who are stuck often have a fear of making mistake or fear of being wrong mm. or a fear of looking foolish. And they often, not always, but often go up in homes where perfection is demanded or they're deeply criticized or there was violence. And so they have learned to tread softly on eggshells so that they don't disturb anything that often keeps people stuck so we work with that and move that out the way and let them find them true self through hypnosis past life regression whatever tools nlp we use all the tools whatever it takes mm -hmm. they're all tools and and the amazing thing is is there are a lot of them and we'll find out more about how georgina Cannon uses those. GeorginaCannon.com will be linked to her website as well, so you can find out more and even get a copy of her book, Your Guide to Self-Discovery, as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. 
I'm Richard Dugan, and I thank you so much for staying with us here on the program as we continue our conversation with Georgina Cannon, all the way from Toronto, Canada. We're talking about her latest work, uh, Your Guide to Self-Discovery. It has to do with uh, 20 ways uh, to find the true you, as we discussed earlier in the program. Um, I was talking with my Vedic astrologer friend some years ago, and he basically said the same thing you do, and that, um, you know, he loves doing the live shows because he likes taking the phone calls and helping people and so forth. He says, people love to find out about themselves. Now, granted, on one level, astrology, in this case, Vedic astrology, uh, is somewhat superficial, meaning it's, it's more dealing with the material world. But as you are uh, doing the archaeological dig to find out about the self of the person, the client, if you will, that you're working with, with Vedic astrology, I kind of put it this way to him and he agreed, he's laying out or Vedic astrology lays out a roadmap, not in terms of your future, not predictive. No, no, no. It's more, all right. Um, we have the 101 that runs up and down California. So you start from Southern California at the, at the end of the 101, at least from that standpoint. And what the Vedic astrology does is it lays out the conditions that you may run across as you move further North up the coast could run into sunshine, could have run into marine layer rain on and on and on. And there are certain quote unquote protective measures. They don't, they don't make you immune from these conditions, but it's kind of like, all right, you're going to run into some rain up here. Now you can choose to take an umbrella and stay dry or not. It's up to you. You can dance in the rain. Yeah. And so uh, that's kind of what he lays out uh, uh, this roadmap that says, okay, here are the conditions you can be prepared for them mentally, you know, that kind of thing. <clears throat> and then, of course, talking about, you know, this planet is in this house and that planet's in that house. I always have to refer back to his book to find, out, okay, what's house number 12? <laughs> I always forget what it is. But when you're working with uh, these kinds of modalities, do, do you work with things of this nature? And then the two that come to mind are astrology and numerology. I love numerology. I, I use it a little but I don't use it that much. The, the modality I do use is birth order. And oh, okay. I, when I ran, a, 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 when I was in the corporate world and I ran a fairly large company, I used to hire according to birth order. So if there were two people vying for the same position and they both had the same qualifications, depending on that position, if that position to, was to do with client interaction or sales, I would hire the youngest of the family. If it was to do with building new business, uh, creating new thoughts or new ways of doing business, I'd hire the eldest in the family. If it was to do with building teams, I would go for the middle child. Hmm. Now, so birth order plays a large part. Not, not total. Nothing is total. Nothing. Right. But a large part of how we grow up. Mm. And remembering the environment is different every time. You know, you grow up to new parents if you're first born. There was a gentleman. Uh, he he was a uh, um, 
he was a person of faith and I found out about him. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it was back in the eighties. And his big thing was the birth order. I think he wrote a book called the birth order book, but his name that's, escapes me. That's it. And and they updated it. It's called the new birth order book. Yeah. Ah, do you remember the author's name? I know, but it's on my bookshelf somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Uh, it just is fascinating to me that um, we are we are in a position in this world, in this world today, where we are trying to trying to find our way, and we're so easily distracted. Are there things that you share that you can share with us, maybe that can help us <clears throat> to stay focused on what's really important, even long before we ever uh, connect with you through your website, which of course is GeorginaCannon.com, so that we can make sense at, at one level uh, of all of this stuff without getting distracted. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Um, I ask clients, particularly clients who have uh, disturbing family members who never just as destructive in some way or another, I ask them to consider before they get involved in each discussion or each fight, given a numerical order. One, is it crucial? Do you have to be there? Two, is it something that would benefit from your presence? Three, uh, maybe you should just watch and listen, go, uh-huh, mm-hmm, I, I can't handle this right now. I'll speak to you later. Four is um, not my business, not my monkeys, not my circus, and stay out of it. If you give everything a numerical value, you don't get so caught up. And that includes for politics, it goes both local and, and national. It goes for family. It goes for corporate. It goes for sitting in a meeting and thinking to yourself, that peer person should be running this uh, meeting better. I, this is ridiculous. I could do a much better job. I bet my boss doesn't. And you go off on tangents. You get all riled up. You make judgments. And it's not even your meeting. So one, two, three, or four. And it really sorts things out. And people have found that so easy to do. Mm. There's one that you use, and I was looking at it. As a matter of fact, I take uh, I take note of this. I don't try. To, I try not to ignore any of these signs, shall we say? When a a copy of the book is sent, and unfortunately, with my uh, my screening, you can't really see it, but it will be up on the screen. I will tell you that uh, on the YouTube channel, you will see the book. It'll be placed between uh, Georgina and myself on the screen, so you'll be able to see the book. But in it. They 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 placed a card from the publisher who sent the book, right? Yes. And they put it into into um, I believe this is chapter. Let me just see here, chapter five, page fifty four and fifty five, having to do with. Um, I'm trying to think of. Let me see if I can get to the beginning of the chapter. Maybe it defines it. Having to do with um, your hands tell the truth. Yes. Uh, uh -huh. And, and so forth. And, and I've often wondered about that. How, I mean, I, I, I mean, I've got two hands and, and they've got lines all over them and so forth, nothing severe or anything, but I've never really had that done. 
And yet you go into great, uh, great length in here um, in terms of talking about that. How important are, are those kinds of things? Well, I've always dabbled in this, but always with a, a questioning. Well, maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe it's woo-woo, maybe it's real. I don't know. But when I was talking to Kathy Beale about this, and because we were doing a Zoom uh, interview before I decided to include her in the book, I said, so how can you tell? So she, well, I work with many stars, many people in L.A. because she lives in L.A. Many names you will recognize, Georgina. And um, they seem to appreciate what I'm telling them. She said, um, show me your hand. I said, on Zoom? So she said, yes. So I put up my hand like this. She said, closer, mm-hmm. closer, closer. And she said, wow, you're resilient. I don't, I can't give you a whole reading right now, but I'll tell you, your early life wasn't so wonderful, but you, you've got a lot of resilience in your hand. That shows strength and commitment to keep moving forward. Mm. Wow, 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 wow. And that was like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you, are you able to, to do this, to read, uh, read people's hands? No, but I could, I see auras, but I don't tell people I see auras because otherwise people come up to me and say, okay, what color am I today? And I say, I'm not doing that. You know, I'm not doing that. Well, then I won't ask. No. <laughs> uh, now, does it have to be in person? Can you see the auras even through the, this modality like Zoom? Um, Not, not as well. Yeah. It, it, it used to get in the way, particularly in corporate, when I'd go into a room of board of directors and, and I'd look around the room and i think, why do they want me here? I, I was a strategic, a strategic communicator uh, company and we worked with them. And I think, why are they lying? What do they want? And I'd have to shut it off because they say something. I think you're lying through your teeth. Why aren't you telling me the truth? Mm. And I couldn't let it show. I had to take what they told me, but you know, I had to question around it. Always. Yeah. So it can get in the way in, in the business world. Yeah. I'm working with a client sometimes in clinic, um, I might say, is there anything else? Is there my favorite question to clients? And always as a journalist, I ask this question as well. What was it about you that you'd rather I didn't know? And they'd always tell you. <laughs> wow. Wow. As a broadcaster, you know people hate dead air. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Georgina Cannon is my guest, and this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And I find this interesting that I have a I had a dear friend. I knew her for 40 years before her passing. Uh, and she dealt in some other areas. Um, and I'm not sure how to define them. I just remember some of the words. Psychometry. Are you familiar? Yes, it's a feeling, it's getting the vibration of the person through feeling something that they've worn or had for a long time that has their energy on it. So okay. psychometry, uh, psychometrists will take a bracelet or a necklace or sometimes even a photograph, but they prefer something that person has worn and they will tell you a lot about that person and their strengths and weaknesses and maybe something that's coming up from, depend on, on what they're getting from the universal consciousness. But Yes, that's what mm-hmm. psychometry. Yes, I understand that. She also did uh, face reading, you know, in yes. terms of, yeah. We have one of those in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how far apart the eyes are, the, the the width and breadth, shall we say, of the nose, the lips, the mouth, all of the different characteristics. Yeah. Uh, she may have given me a reading some many years ago. 
Um, but it's it's just fascinating to me uh, that oh, and I I think it's called iridology. 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 Yeah. Dealing with the eye and the iris of the eye. That's right. Yes. And yeah. that also. Yeah. Naturopaths often use that. Naturopathic doctors use that quite often to diagnose. Can there be, shall we say, uh, overkill? In other words, you have too many modalities, you have too many tools in your toolbox, um, and, and you just don't know which one to choose? Or better, the question, how do you know which modality to choose? It depends on the client. And yes, you can have too many. I mean, if you scatter, for instance, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get into iridology or psychometry because I'm mostly dealing with the emotion, the mind, and this uh, superconscious. So I'm going, you know, superconscious, subconscious, conscious, and then mm. body connection. That's that's my purview, if you like. Um, so yes, you can. Uh, but some people get addicted to learning. Some people just get addicted to you know, wanting more information and, and trying it out on this person or that person. But I think, you know, if you stick to it, you, you wouldn't ask a roofer to do your plumbing, for instance. <laughs> no, no, I would not. Well, there you go. How did this all begin for you? Were you just curious and wanting to help people from a very early age, even in your childhood? No, 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 no. no. I started off... Uh, well, uh, very difficult childhood, but ended up as a journalist in England in the 60s, the magic 60s with Carnaby Street and the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and Mary Quant. And, and I was a beauty editor uh, on a magazine called Woman's Own. And I came to Canada, got married, came to Canada and got another job as a journalist here and then opened up my own PR company which did very well. We we had a lot of fun in Toronto and and opened a lot of restaurants and hotels and did a lot of promotion for Estee Lauder and Chanel. And it was just a good time. And then a large organization from the States, uh, the world's largest PR company, wanted to come into Canada and said, you know, can we purchase you and purchase your, your uh, business? So I said, sure. And I went there as creative director, stayed there for a long time. They asked me then to open up another uh, business for them, a competitive business. I went back to the mothership and became managing <laughs> director for uh, Canada for, for uh, four offices across Canada. But I got very tired of being one of three senior women worldwide and was um, dismissed a lot, especially coming from Canada. You know, they, we'd go to annual meetings and we'd have to present our figures and what we'd done that year. And I'd be sitting there and then be going, okay, let's ask Washington, New York, Boston, and London, Paris, uh, Rome. And they go through Delhi and they'd, oh yes, Toronto, uh, Canada. Yes, Georgina, right. And it was always a diminishment. And after a while, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I left, I started to think about helping people rather than corporations and trained in Reiki. I've got my Reiki master, mm. color therapy. Um, I took gestalt therapy training, psychodrama, happened upon hypnosis and went, aha, Eureka, that's it. Because that drives the subconscious mind, which drives us. So from <laughs> then on, that was my life. Mm. 
opened a clinic and built a business and sold it 10 years ago and now just focus on writing and seeing clients occasionally, well, not occasionally, twice a week and teaching at the university. Mm-hmm. Georgina Cannon is my guest. GeorginaCannon.com is the website. I'm Richard Dugan, and this is Tell Me Your Story. We are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And boy, have we got a lot of choices for you today. Just uh, so far in just the list of, of modalities that Georgina, Georgina Cannon uses in the work that she does with her clients, as well as writes about in her latest book uh, entitled uh, Your Guide to Self-Discovery. And uh, it is 20 Ways to Find the True You. Is this a book that is more of a resource where <clears throat> you kind of allow your yourself to be guided to a particular section? You don't necessarily read it cover to cover. Right. You flip through it and see what interests you. And because at the end of each chapter, there's a little questionnaire that says, what did you learn about yourself from here? Because it's a how-to. And then at the end of the book, I ask you to introduce yourself to your new self. So look what you've discovered about yourself. So I would do Georgina. And let me introduce you to Georgina, who's a number eight. She's an Aries Pisces cusp person. Therefore, she has da 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 And I go through the creative creativity, which blew me away. I had no idea there were different forms of creativity. Um, then the, uh, what else did I have a, Astronomy, uh, astrology, of course, I'm a great believer in astrology and numerology. Oh, finding your animal guide, that's there too, uh, with um, uh, Grandmother Crow. So how to find your angels and your animal guide. Um, uh, the other one that really got to me was uh, a lot of this I do anyway, um, but something like the things I didn't know Um were well, about my dreams. And I read Kelly's uh, chapter and un- suddenly understood why some were recurring and some just passed through, like, you know, like a train station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I found it, when they sent in their chapters, I was enamored. I was excited putting mm-hmm. it all together. And the ones I wrote on karma, uh, how you can move from victim to, to victory, or hero in your own life if you come into a place of bad karma, what you can do about it. So that was good too. You know, it's truly amazing when talking about karma. <clears throat> There's a phrase that was shared with me, pardon me, um, uh, going through some, what I would consider to be some rather challenging times in the last few years, even to the present. And this person kept reminding me, Richard, you can rewrite the script. It's your script. You can rewrite it. And it's like, I don't have time to rewrite it. I'm too busy doing other things. But I've also accepted that I'm where I'm at because of all of the choices I have made. And are uh, making. And are ma- and I'm and am making. And, and then of course there is the other end of it, where I will be in five days, five weeks, months, years is going to be based on all the choices that I make from this point forward. But what I loved was someone who shared with me on on this program not long ago. He said, all of that may be true, but however, it's the latter part that you need to amend. All of the choices that you make from this point forward are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be. 
And I was talking with my mother the other day and she reminded me I'm 63. So, and she's, uh, she'll be 89 this year. Uh, she reminded me that Richard, you have always been an optimistic person. And she reminded me every time you get up in the morning, make sure that the first thing you think about is what excites you, what you have to do during the day, not in terms of burdens or what have you, but, and of course it's this, it's part of it is this talking with you, Georgina. And that helped. That helped quite a bit. But it's our perception of what we think the future will be that I think is, I don't know, it, it seems like there's a, that's, that's a dynamic within, uh, within the context of karma, is it not? Yes and no. If you spend your life looking at the news and reading the newspapers, which are full of doom and gloom, that's how you it'll dirty your window if you like that's how you'll see your world if you take snippets of it and say okay this you know we're going to go into recession they say okay so i'll have to think about what i'm going to do around that and then do something about it it doesn't weigh on you it doesn't stay with you because it's turned into action mm -hmm. it's not somebody doing something to you you're taking charge of you right and between stimulus and response, there's a space. In that space is your, your, your choice. And what you do with that choice is up to you. So really, we have choice. Even people in refugee camps, there's always some people who, I won't say thrive, but manage to become leaders, to feed others, to educate others, and others become the victims. Mm. We have choice. Yeah. There is one element that I do want to ask you about that um, to me, I, and I managed to forget to ask this question in many of the other interviews until I get to the end. And it's this, how important and uh, how involved is not just your intuition, but also imparting that importance to your client mm. uh, and my students i tell them the more work you do through your subconscious mind the more work you do with your subconscious mind to making change to using your creativity uh your artistic ability your whatever it is using that subconscious part of you the more you're connected to the universal consciousness and the universal consciousness is your intuition it's the messages. I get mine through my right ear. I don't know where you get yours from. Um, and people start receiving and start seeing and start feeling different when they recognize that it's possible. Mm. I, I take a look and uh, I, I guess one of the best examples for me in terms of optimism <laughs> was back uh, back in my 20s and 30s at that radio station and hearing the same story over and over again about the end of the world and Armageddon and on and on and on and on mm -hmm. and that whole philosophy. And at one point <clears throat> I, I wanted to ask someone who was in charge, is there anything that I could do to help to facilitate the speeding up of this timeline that you have laid out so we can move on to a new story? Because I'm going to tell you, I am bored out of my mind over this story. 
It's it's like you've been telling the same story for 2000 years. Could we try something else? Of course, they don't want to because that's not in the philosophy. Right. But it just seems to me it's like years ago in school, they, they used to talk about how, you know, what, you, what do you want to be when you grow up kind of thing or what do you want to accomplish? And and they would always warn you, don't don't say I want to change the world. That's a little too big. You know, that's just too big. You know, take take little bites, little bites, little bites. Well, here I am, 63, and I've been saying this. I want to change the world. Um, and I want to change it for the better for everybody. Sure. Uh, so that nobody's left out. Of course. The intuitive aspects of the work that you do, they guide you when you are talking with your clients. Do you find many of them come to you with a more pessimistic view of the world and the future. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. particularly if they're in relationships, uh, both either in business relationship or a personal relationship, and mm. they find that they're being diminished and they can't find their way out, or they think they can't find their way out. And when we really look at it, and I get them to put themselves in the other person's shoes or point of view, or just from a different perspective. I, I do what I can to get them out of victimhood. Only then can you move forward and make decisions about what you're going to do about this. And sometimes even just coming out of victimhood changes the relationship. Interesting. I went through in the 80s several personal growth programs, one called LifeSpring, which was an outgrowth of EST. Yeah. Uh, it was very beneficial from my standpoint, and I'm glad I went through it. Then in the late 80s, early 90s, with my first wife, uh, we went through a couple of uh, we went through a program that was developed by a printer in Phoenix. It was called Omega Vector. They changed it to Delta or vice versa, Delta Vector, uh, focusing on the zero point, focusing on Teilhard uh, and um, uh, um, some of the other philosophers of that time period. Uh, it was fascinating to to learn, and there was no charge for any of this. That was the thing that really intrigued me. Now, you could contribute whatever you wanted, but there was still no charge. And these were those five-day intensives, three nights, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. And one of the things that I found so fascinating was, um, and I'm sure that many of your clients feel this way too, you'd hear grumblings the first night. I, I really don't want to be here. My wife wanted to go to the the first one we went to. My wife wanted to go. So I thought, well, I can't let her go alone. I mean, she was totally blind. I should explain. Uh, uh, so she needed a guide. I thought, all right, I'll go. I'll go and I'll, I'll, I'll be there with her, but I'm not going to participate. <laughs> Very funny. Because the grumblings around the room, you could hear, I really don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Bah, da, 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 da. We came back from break and everybody sat down and the facilitator got up in front of everybody and made the comment. He says, you know, I hear that you don't really want to be here. You're lying to yourself. That's not true. You do want to be here. Because if you didn't want to be here, you wouldn't be. You'd be somewhere else. But guess where you are? And you've heard the phrase too, I'm sure, Georgina, you know, uh, what is it? Wherever you are, there you are, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. And so it is true. Wherever we find ourselves, that's where we want it to be. Um, well, I thought the dancer said, be where your feet are. Ah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, I like that. 
Uh, the other the other aspect too, especially when you're in a place where you don't really want to be, but you know there you are, uh, and it's a bit of a challenge. And I have to do this more so now than than, than in recent days. I have to remember the old Buddhist uh, a phrase. Um, cut wood, carry water, cut wood, carry water over and over again. I just have to remind myself of the simplicity of what life is. How do you get that across to folks, especially those who are so tied into the affairs of the day? Well, they're tied into their story. They're so, yeah. so tied into their story. And I say to them, are you happy where you are? Well, no, that's why I'm here. Well, if you're not happy where you are, where would you like to be? Well, I want to be happy. What does that look like? What does it sound like? What will it feel like? What changes do you believe you might have to make to get there? Well, hmm. my husband's going to have to. No, 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 not him. You. What are you going to do? I, I really take it from a floodlight, narrow it down into a spotlight so that we can get to what I call getting to the it. We get to the it. Mm hmm. And if they're determined to be a victim, I, and some people, by the way, are addicted to drama. If there isn't drama in their life, they'll make it. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I've I've often said to people, and I I try not to to uh, to get political in any way, shape, or form on this program. It's not what it's about. But there are those, of course, uh, with our former president uh, um, who makes whatever comments he makes. Uh, and they say, oh, he's being mistreated. It is a witch on blah, blah, blah. I said, ah, well, well, hold it, hold it. Stop, 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 stop. All of this is on him. And do you want to know why? Because he chose to run for that office. Everything that followed was based upon that one choice mm -hmm. that he made. It's on him, not on anybody else. Just like with the things that I shared with you before we started, right. that's all on me because I made this choice, that choice, the other choice. Is that hard to get through to folks? Sometimes. And I have to tell people not to delegate up, for instance, <laughs> you know, and they blame karma. They blame their mother. They blame their boss. They blame the, the traffic. They blame, I say, stop delegating up, own it. It's yeah. you, you know, this is rush hour. This is when I had a clinic, you know, it's rush hour. You know how long it takes to drive downtown Toronto. Don't blame the traffic for being late. <laughs> you could have started earlier. You could have taken well, a different route. <laughs> I, don't say, I don't let people blame anybody else. Yeah. You know? Really? I, I do the same thing when I'm driving. I have, to, and, and it, it sometimes it's harder than at other times. I have to remind myself that the people in front of me, I chose to get behind. Yes, right. <laughs> Just like the people behind me chose to get behind, chose to get behind me. That's right. You know, uh, and uh, there is that protocol. You have, uh, you have two other books that uh, that are out, best-selling books. Yes. Return again. And the third circle protocol. Tell us about Return Again. Return Again is the book that introduced me to Shirley MacLaine, actually. Ah. Uh, yeah, because she read it, liked it, and phoned me for an interview when she was having a radio station, and th that was very nice. Um, it That's about, literally, about past life regression and life between lives. It's about karma. In it, there's a script that the reader can record for themselves that introduces them to their soul circle. 
uh, should they want to take that. Um, but it describes exactly what past life is and what it isn't. And the same with life between lives. But basically, both of those protocols are here and available so that you can live this life to the fullest because this is the most important life, the one you're living right now. Right, right. So they're tools. I, I'm not a woo-woo person. I believe that they're tools for you to use all of what you have from the past and the present, both DNA and soul, to make this your best life. And the third and the third circle protocol. The third circle protocol is about relationships, and it starts with this premise: every relationship we have, you and I, uh, or we go into a supermarket and the cashier is standing there, take our money. It's a relationship, and every relationship has an unspoken contract. But the most important relationship is with ourselves, and unless we know who we are. A familiar theme here unless we know who we are with our identity our uh, value system key we won't have boundaries and if we don't have boundaries a people will walk all over us and b we won't attract the right sort of people because they won't recognize the energy that's there and if we don't know who we are how can we expect anybody else to know who we are so it's based on values priorities, what you absolutely need from every relationship, five things, what you want and what you're prepared to give. And each chapter it starts with yourself. And then we go into your parents, your siblings, your lovers, your exes, your boss, your employees, your professionals in your life. So it goes through everybody that's in your life using that system Three, one, two, three. The third is the relationship, right? Is mm -hmm. you, the, and the third is the relationship. Knowing that if you don't feed that relationship, it shrinks. Mm. If you don't give it the good stuff, if you don't nurture it, keep it juicy and warm and, and kind and, and energized and loving, by listening to those five things that are important, then it shrinks. Mm. It just shrinks. And that's not what you want from any relationship. No, not at all. Whether it be the cashier at the supermarket or you and I or anybody, mm -hmm. we want to feed that relationship and keep it whole, healthy, and vibrant. Mm. We're talking with uh, Georgina Cannon, all the way from Toronto, Canada. Her latest work, and we hope that you will go to her website, georginacannon.com, to pick up a copy of and probably through Amazon as well. Uh, your guide to self-discovery, 20 ways uh, to find the true you as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, and uh, it's really a pleasure to have uh, Georgina here on the program with us to, to share these new ideas, these new choices, which honestly are not new. We've talked about many of these modalities, but you've put really put them together uh, in a, in such a way that uh, people can go through. And this is where one's intuition, so to speak, uh, might come in when you pick up the copy of the book. And as you said earlier, flip through it. And um, that's why, like I said, when they put that card in there, uh, I, I don't ignore that. There's a reason why that was there. And I've often wondered sometimes, 
um, you know, getting getting my hand looked at, so to speak, getting it uh, diagnosed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Contact Kathy. She's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, do you have contact information for these folks of different modalities? They're at the back of the book. All right. Well, we hope uh, hope that folks will do that. And maybe we'll go back to the back of that book and um, have some of these folks on the program to talk about oh, not just their fun. connection with you, but also the modality that they're that be, they're working in. That would be fantastic because yeah. there's sorts of people that you would really love. That One of them you might really enjoy is someone who talks about creativity and the different mm. types of creativity. I thought there was just, you know, you were either creative or not. Yeah. From Leanne, I learned, no, there's four different types of creativity. And, and we're all creative one way or another. And it's just yeah. fascinating. Um, she heads up the Center for Creative Innovation at the University of York. So she's good. And there's Beryl in um, Spain who talks about EQ, um, emotional intelligence. or e, Yeah, emotional intelligence. But Kathy to, and Grandmother Crow is wonderful about finding your animal spirits. You'll love talking with her. They're, they're lovely people. They're good people. Absolutely. I've I've found that to be the case with the folks we've had on this program, talking about all these different modalities. You mentioned earlier, too, that you were a Reiki master. I got my training back in Phoenix as a Reiki master. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I learned, and it actually uh, brings up the question of the definition of healing, uh, because uh, we're just supposed to be the conduit of the energy that we send to the situation uh, or to the individual or individuals. And... Um, uh, uh, case in point, I, as I've shared the story before on this program, my father's brother was uh, uh, stage four cancer. And um, we decided that we wanted to, my wife and I, my present wife and I decided we would do an absentee healing. So they gave us a picture of him and we did that. Well, following the funeral, uh, my mother shared with us what happened shortly after, because we returned the picture to them. So they knew that we had done this says, yeah, he got really angry and he threw his medications across the room where he was. He got in his wheelchair and he wheeled across uh, the, the compound where his family lived to his son's house. And I guess went inside and they had a, a time together of closure. And shortly after that, he passed. And I'm going, okay, I'm not in control of how the energy is used. So then either A, we have to come up with a new definition for the word healing, or B, we have to come up with a new word to define what it is, what it is or why it is we are sending the energy in the first place. Well, we have to come up with a new definition of the word death. That is absolutely true. Uh, I argue that one when it comes to the Bible where uh, Jesus raised uh, Lazarus from the dead, but Paul says it's appointed to man every every man once to die, and then the judgment. And and I'm just sitting here thinking, well, wait a minute, which is it? Or was Lazarus not dead? Was it just a coma? You know, that kind of thing. And then you get into this whole um, uh, uh, epistemology and, and word definitions from the original languages. And people say in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Well, actually, the word is murder. I said, well, then why doesn't it say murder? And so on and so on and so on. I mean, you just get into a rabbit hole is what you get into. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been, first of all, we have to remember the Bible is written by educated men who wanted to get their message across. Thank you very much. Secondly, it's been translated from Hebrew to Aramaic to all sorts of other languages along the way. 
with each time someone made a slight adjustment because they preferred it. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. we read today is not necessarily what was started out as. How about some of the other ancient wisdom teachings uh, uh, around the world over the centuries? Do you find that uh, they are in uh, in some ways helpful or more of a hindrance to someone discovering their true self? If they are allowing and and loving rather than dictatorships, because I've found that most religions except for Buddhism and maybe Buddhism, uh, the far right wing of all religions is very dictatorial. Thou shalt in, or thou shalt not. And very controlling, particularly of women, but controlling. All, all the other religions are. Mm -hmm. So I'm very wary of that. Um, because they're all man-made so we mm. have to remember that we have to remember the creator has no oh, this is my opinion my, my soapbox mm -hmm. the creator has no gender the creator is energy the creator is someone who creates the the flowers that come up in the spring that that causes the rain so that the flowers can flourish so that we get thunder and rain so we get lightning and thunder and rain and it all has a job to do is different shapes different colors but it all has a job to do all by the creator so it is with us hmm. that's my belief system and and what about your uh I, I mean you've explained some of it right there but in terms of your own personal if if you can share this with us your own personal inner life and walk and so forth. Does that play a role at all in, in how you, uh, it seems to me that, that it does because you have this level of compassion and it's the reason why you're doing what you're doing for the people that you see. That's the people that you help. And obviously the books that you write. Yeah, I am. Um, I do my utmost to operate from a platform of kindness. For me, that's my religion, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, and that shows up in teaching people um, when we talk about giving to charity or giving how you give, not what you give. It makes the difference. If you see someone on the street who's homeless and you're dropping money in the cup, look them in the eye greet them for the day, see them as a human being. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Just giving the money in the cup isn't enough. It's it's nice and it gives them food, mm -hmm. but it's not enough from my point of view. Yeah. This is only my point of view. I'm not God. This is only my point of view. <laughs> you know? um, so to be real, I'm very pragmatic about it. I, yeah. I believe if you operate from a platform of kindness to all creatures, all plants, Everything that grows, every animal that lives, including humans, because we're animals too. It, it's we're a tapestry, and yeah, it, and it, we're all connected, and it, the energy just spreads that way. It makes a difference everywhere. Yeah, and this is my 
perspective, my observation, I'm not putting this out on anybody else any more than you do with your observations and opinions. Uh, and I preface it that way because sometimes what I say is not really uh, appreciated. But from my observations of late, uh, I find that many of these philosophies basically are, I mean, you take a look at the Ten Commandments telling you what you can and cannot do. Uh, I can't think of any other word other than to, to describe this, the, the philosophy as a philosophy of slavery. We're slaves. You're supposed to serve. This is why you were created and so on and so on and so on. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. If that's the case, then I don't have any free will. It doesn't matter what my choices are. I'm just here to serve. And I'd like to think that I've chosen to serve the way I serve, just as you have chosen to serve the way you serve. Your thoughts? My thoughts are that my, I think we do need some rules. Will we stop at a red traffic light? Okay. We do have some rules. We keep to the right or to the left, depending on where in the world you are, we, to, to avoid chaos. Mm -hmm. So I think the Ten Commandments are basically rules for avoiding chaos. Uh, thou shalt not kill, or whatever it was, but shall not murder, honor thy father and their mother. These are not like you must, they are, they're offered. Yeah. They're Although uh, I, I will say that Jesus, uh, in his, shall we say, codification of the Ten Commandments, uh, it, it just is more palatable. Love your neighbor as yourself. He operated from kindness. Yeah. And to me, that's that's not telling you what to do. That's giving you a guideline in that respect, as you've used the word kindness many times. Uh, it's be kind to one another. You know, you weren't here to fight with one another. You were first to yourself. Yeah. Because if you're not kind and respectful to yourself, people always say you should love yourself. I say it's not enough. To love yourself you can love yourself and eat yourself to death yeah. you've got to love and respect yourself so love yeah. and respect yourself and love and be kind and respect others i mean that really what else is there from my point of view right if i may what is your observation your per perspective on the future whether it be there in Canada or worldwide, do you think that uh, are you are you still optimistic about uh, the future of uh, civilization? I'm terrified about the new AI. I will tell you that um, spewing forth falsehoods and people believing everything. Um, I have great optimism in in the young people in the twenties. You see them making change. You see them uh, coming out and. Um, fighting for what's right, very much like the 60s, very much like that in a way, uh, fighting for kindness, fighting for e equality. Um, so I have faith in them. I have faith in them. Yeah. yeah. Georgina Cannon, my guest, GeorginaCannon.com is the website and uh, your guide to, to self-discovery is the book. And this is Tell Me Your Story.
I'm Richard Dugan, your host, uh, along with uh, Georgina Cannon. And uh, I want to thank you so much for the time you've given us today, all the way from Canada, Toronto, Canada. <laughs> I've never been to Canada. I haven't been. I don't think I've been quite that far north. The farthest north in the hemisphere I've been is Ireland. Uh, uh, that may be equal to uh, uh, the, the the level of Canada in this world. I've been up to Idaho in the States, so that's about as far north as I've gone. But I hear it is a beautiful country it is. It is. and uh, very kind people, mm-hmm. you know. And wow. if only we could take lessons from the Canadians instead of poking fun at them. <laughs> it's fine. We love it ourselves, too. Yeah. I have three final questions that I would like to ask you, but um, I will ask those of you in just a moment. We ask them of all of our guests at the end of the program. But before I do, I want to thank you for listening to and watching. Tell me your story, new paradigms for a new world, where we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We are here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m. And we are streaming live at those times at richarddugan.com. Oh, don't forget about the 9 a.m. Wednesday broadcast. That's our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Our podcasts are up on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations. And we're also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope that you'll subscribe, but hopefully you'll also just uh, select the notification so that when a new conversation is posted, you'll be notified. And if you'd like to support the work that we are doing We would greatly appreciate that. Uh, We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. They will ask you for an email address to send the support to. That email address is quite simply richard at richarddugan.com. And then we ask you to participate in the decade of perfect vision, where we ask you to spend time in that quiet, still, calm, peaceful place. Go within and listen to that still, small voice. We hope you'll do that and hope you'll join us for uh, each and every edition of Tell Me Your Story. With all of that being said, we now move to our final three questions, and they are as follows. Number one, who is Georgina Cannon? Georgina Cannon is a female in the third act of her life who is enjoying life as much as she ever did if not more so and has already written the epitaph on her stone that will say i haven't finished yet (laughs) i'm with you there what is your life's purpose my life's purpose is to Help people find their magnificence. And finally, what was your best day? Oh, my best day. Oh, Lordy. Um, had so many. My best day. I think my best day, strangely enough, was getting married to my second husband. And I thought I'd come home. Um, And unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way, but that was the best day. Mm -hmm. And since then, my best day is finding out that my two close friends are there no matter what. That was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. That moment that happened, it was extraordinary. 
Well, we thank you for sharing with us here on the program today, your story and the work that you are doing to help people to find their true selves. And uh, we hope to have you back again to talk about, uh, I don't know, maybe there's another book coming. Oh, there is. (laughs) All right. Well, let's stay in touch and have you back when that one comes out. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast podcast videocast, love to lol, Jeanette, I am listening, and dad, be happy because I am.